0: Hello, and welcome to the Wired BioHealth Podcast. My name is Jacqueline Hall, and I am joined by your show's host, Dr. Evelyn Higgins. Hey, Jackie. Great to be with you, Doc. Same. It's coming up on Veterans Day, and I know that's not when this is going to air, but I, to the forefront of my mind are our nation's bravest veterans, as well as our first responders.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And so in paying a grit of gratitude and not just honoring their service, I think it's also important to reflect upon what they've done and really learn and try to gain valuable insight from the sacrifices that they've made and their reasons for why they do what they do. Absolutely. So today's guest is gonna be Jason Schechterle. I had the opportunity to hear him speak and learn more about his story and really what's turned into his life's work at the Florida Fire Chiefs Association Annual Conference this past October in Kissimmee. And I wanna read just a little bit about Jason and then we're fortunate that he's gonna be spending some time with us today. So it's One Man's Life, Changing Story of Survival. On the night of March 26, 2001, a taxi cab traveling at over 100 miles an hour crashed into the rear of Jason's patrol car. Upon impact, Jason's car burst into flames, trapping him inside. Through a series of miraculous and fateful circumstances, Jason survived the crash and ensuing physical and emotional catastrophe. He survived. He suffered severe burns to over 40% of his body, which drastically altered his appearance. He's undergone more than 50 surgeries just to have the ability to accomplish simple daily tasks we often take for granted. Jason's journey chronicles his fight for life, his triumph over tragedy, and the inspiration that enables him to continue to overcome unimaginable adversity. His personal narrative exemplifies that the power of the human spirit can never be underestimated or extinguished. His story is one of life, rebirth, and transformation. Jason represents the human experience at its very best, an ascent from despair to describing himself as the luckiest person alive. Jason, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you, Jason. Thank you very much for having me.
0: So like I said in the introduction, we had the opportunity to cross paths at the Florida Fire Chiefs Association Conference, and the words that you shared, it was such a message of resiliency, and talking about what, how you turn your life's greatest despair into your life's greatest work, and finding that passion out of pain, and so just a little bit about your story, your background, and go from there.
2: Okay, so I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, and Just had one of those great kind of quiet lives growing up, always called toward service and a uniform. I was lucky enough to go to college to play golf. I was pretty good at golf at the time. And but like I said, I uh, just knew what I wanted to do. So I joined the United States air force not long after starting college and then did my four years. It was wonderful. Shout out to the veterans like you did with veterans day and, I had a family full of service members, but generations that actually are the reason we have our freedom today. And so it means a lot to me, even though I served four years in peacetime, it's still something that I'm very proud of. Came home and, you know, everybody, life kind of happens. It happens to all of us. And I was married, had a couple of kids. I am married <laughs> good um,
1: correction jason you
2: know, seriously people always they, they, they mistake things all the time but i was again just going through life at a really good job and married two little kids and just doing that good old-fashioned uh take care of what's in your own backyard type thing and when i was 26 years old we had a phoenix police saucer shot and killed in the line of duty and yeah, I've really never been able to explain why it was Mark. It was, his name was Mark Atkinson. And people get hurt all the time in the service industry, first responders, hurt or killed. And I, I really don't know why Mark is the one that changed my life or moved me the way he did. But I knew I needed to be wearing that uniform and doing that job. So I gave up. Everything, and when I mean everything, we I went from making a lot of money to making not very much in the late 90s. We had a house that we had to give up, move into an apartment with these two little kids, but I, I just knew it was the right thing. I knew it was my calling, and once it's a calling, then you got, you, you got to go in that direction. So I became a police officer and thought life had gotten better until it didn't.
0: Yeah. And I feel like the part that is so transformational in your story is you're able to bring it all the way back to the beginning and look at life before that tragic incident and then recognizing the growth that took place. I remember it in your keynote. You shared that this wasn't an overnight transformation for you. This (sighs) was something that took so much work, energy and is something that continues to happen for you. So, at what point in your journey would you say that you started being able to turn that pain into
2: purpose? Yeah, you hit it on the head. It's not, first of all, it's not overnight. Yeah. And then it also is always going to be ongoing. There's going to be a beginning, there's going to be something that changes our lives, changes who. It possibly changes who we are. That's the goal for me is when you said, I bring it back to the beginning, that's been a big part of what's helped me Mm -hmm. is never forgetting who I am. But when you ask the direct question of when did I turn the corner? So there's a lot of things that we could touch on when it comes to resilience. Mm -hmm. And resilience is the one thing, at least that I believe. And again, I'm not a doctor. I have a high school education. That's it. But resilience is the one thing that none of us are born with. right? Yeah. What, what we are born with is a human spirit mm-hmm. that is designed to take us away from risk and straight toward reward. The resilience part is if I want to get stronger, I go to the gym and build my muscles. If I want to feel better, I eat a little healthier. Resilience will only come it only will get built inside of us by going through the things we go through. I got hurt on March 26th of 01. ironically, two years to the day after Mark Atkinson was killed, mm-hmm. and I was involved in a high-speed collision. My car burst into flames. I was trapped inside. You saw my presentation. It takes 90 minutes to tell the story, so I'm trying to give just a brief synopsis, but I was burned very badly i spent two and a half months in a coma i spent five months in a hospital i spent years in therapy having cosmetic surgery learning how to use some very deformed hands that i had lost half my fingers learning how to go from complete blindness to being able to see a little bit of something but where it started for me with resilience And this is absolutely number one on on anybody's list. I don't care who you are, what you're going through, or how much you want to fight it. The number one part of resilience is you have to accept the facts. Mm -hmm. And for all those times that I laid there thinking, I do not want to be burned. I do not want to be in a hospital. I do not want to go to work tomorrow. I do not want to scare my children. Mm -hmm. For me, that was what was going on. Mm-hmm. And it was all these, I do not want this. I wish this. I don't want to do this. Well, that's all great and good. And that's normal. We're human beings. We have hearts and minds and, and feelings and emotions. And that that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not be okay. But until I could accept the facts, there was no way I was going to start moving forward. I say all this in coming back to your original question. When I personally was able to turn the corner. I had a a few things propping me up. I had my family. I wasn't a young kid who was alone. I was married. I I was a father, which Mm -hmm. is huge to be responsible for other people. And it wasn't their fault. They hadn't given up on me Mm -hmm. when I was in a coma. They hadn't given up on me when I was completely useless in a hospital. So I wasn't going to give up on them. But the actual turning the corner, which is another huge step in resilience, is self-forgiveness. I actually had one day, I was dealing with a lot of overwhelming guilt at the pain that I had caused my family, my friends, the fact that I was not out serving my community anymore. And... People can say, oh, Jason, this wasn't your fault. It's okay. That's not how it works. (laughs) I was, I I had a lot of self-blame. I had a lot of guilt. I had a lot of anger at myself. I wasn't even angry at the guy who hit me. Mm -hmm. I was mad at myself. (laughs) And until I could look in the mirror one day, alone, bathroom doors closed and locked. And I looked in the mirror alone and I had to actually say out loud, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, then I was able to start taking the accepting the facts, the self-awareness of remembering who I was, why I started, the fact that I look different, the fact that I was, or a lot of people call me a burn survivor, which I am, but that's not the complete picture. I'm Jason. Right. And I, and Jason started a long time ago. So I had all these things going and, but once I had self-forgiveness, then all of those things started to really build the momentum that you're going to need as you go through your storms. And for all of us, you both know this and all your listeners know this. There's a lot more storms coming.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And Jason, you make such a great point in saying it's okay not to be okay. We live in this world where everybody's just trying for everything to be perfect every day, and that's not real, right?
2: It's not real at all. And of course, social media is a terrible example. Right. But even for us, we, we human beings are flawed. Correct. We, we have this unbelievable range of emotions this unbelievable way that our mindset can change from minute to minute I, I almost laugh when people will tell a story and say I was at this crossroads in life one time and I'm looking at them going I'm at a crossroads 20 times every day right what are you, right. what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of choices to be made throughout the day but the one thing that I learned in this really long process in the fact that it doesn't happen overnight. And I'm just as guilty. I want to accomplish something right now. I sure. want self-satisfaction sure. right now. I want to be better right now. That's not how it works. So I talk about being patient in your grief, patient in your struggle. And we can come back to that on, on, cause I get asked all the time because we're not, I'm not patient. I, I'll freely admit I tell you what to do, but I'm not patient either but when it's the the it's not or it's okay to not be okay what people I think need to key in on that is what I mean by that what other people should mean when they say it is when you're not okay but you pretend you are or you, Push things to the side, right. put them behind you. I'll deal with them later. All that is is making a seven-course, delicious, delicious meal for those demons yep. that are coming at you. Yep. And you're making them—you are making them stronger. Yep. You're giving them time yep. to go to the gym. You're giving them time to build their resilience. And that's so. When I say it's okay to not be okay, if I'm not okay right now. I'm going to embrace that and I'm going to, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to shed tears. I'm going to have my anxiety. I'm going to have my fears, but I'm going to have them right when I feel them.
1: Exactly. Because
2: I got to get, I got to get through that. And people tend to forget how often do you feel love? You feel joy. You feel you're laughing. You feel motivated. And then it's, Oh, those are so fleeting. I want that back. You're right, but also realize those other emotions of fear and anxiety and anger, those are fleeting too. right? It's all just a mix throughout each and every day and we don't give enough balance or credit to to, to all of those. That's what's important about it.
1: Jason, you mentioned those demons that build up when we say, I'm gonna process that later, we're just giving them real estate to live in our heads and they get stronger and they multiply right
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah they're living rent-free and and decorating it nicely yeah we can, <laughs> we can do we, we, we're our own worst enemy but right. that's part of being a flawed human being right our own, we're our harshest critic whether it's our physical appearance or what we think we did wrong we might take a success and kind of minimize yeah thank you but i could have done better that's just part of being a human being and i also think it's beautiful none of us should walk around with complete arrogance or think we are immune to the human condition exactly just you're you're just living your human experience right so you know what? be human that's what you are
1: yeah and I think when we can remove our ego, it's either easier for us to live in that human condition because it's here's today and today is good or today is not good, right? It's, and as you said, Jason, social media creates this vision that everything is perfect and beautiful and you're the best at everything and nothing could be further than the truth and no example could actually be used that is more destructive, mm-hmm to us as human beings for believing we're supposed to be all these things.
2: I, I okay. could not agree with you more. And I'm a great example of that because I only use, so I have only two social medias. I use Instagram and I use LinkedIn mm-hmm. and I do them strictly for business. But mm-hmm. the, the one good thing about social media, it does connect us and you right. know we could be doing, we could be right. doing things like this Thanks on a zoom and, and now we're reaching more and more people. That's when I grew up in the 70s and 80s, couldn't do that. Yeah. So I like that part. But, or, and then, like when I was in Florida speaking to the fire chiefs, I am condensing an entire life and, more importantly, a 22, 23 year experience of one thing that happened in my life. And it's my highlight reel yeah Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be there's some bad parts Mm -hmm. but it's clearly a success story because there i'm standing there sharing it with you so clearly i feel like telling people hang in there with me it gets better i'm here (laughs) pay attention but that's so people when i leave they're like wow you're just you're so strong you're so courageous i can't i could have never done this and in my head i'm going if you only knew what the rest of my day is like, if you only knew what I'm fighting at home and I have the same stuff that you do, I'm trying to be a better husband and I fail all the time. I'm trying to be a better father. I fail all the time. I'm trying to get better at what I do in my career. And some speeches are really good. Some are bad. Sometimes I, get mad when I travel because somebody else that I can't control made the plane late. It, it, but people see my speech and they're like, oh man, you got it made. You're happy 24 hours a day. What? You know, where, where did you get that? <laughs> and and the other end of that is I, I just got through experience of that. I was lucky enough right after Florida, I flew to England <laughs> and I was working with a professional, what we know as soccer, but a football team, right. and they take that stuff very serious outside of America. Oh, yeah, right? that's a yeah. It's probably the biggest sport <laughs> in the world. Yeah. And yeah. I'm working with these million-dollar athletes, big-time people over there. And I did my keynote that you saw in Florida, and then I'm doing a workshop on resilience in an interactive workshop, and it was so beautiful. To watch these people that, if I read about them on Twitter, if I watch them during a game, if I watch a media interview, then guess what? Everybody thinks the same thing. Oh, you guys are so lucky. You're so talented. You make all this money. You know what? They're just like all of us, and they're struggling just like all of us. They might have a different job, but that's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. And I love to keep that perspective. I perspective of myself, where I get to laugh at, I don't laugh at people, except in my head going, okay, thank you for saying I have a perfect life, but yeah, <laughs> no. And then I see examples of even where I'll get caught up. Like, oh, look at that. What a life that person has. And then you realize they go home to yeah. their relationships and their their struggles and their injuries, the whether they be mental emotional, spiritual, physical. There's a range of injuries. It's not just, I know you see mine, Mm -hmm. but this doesn't hurt anymore. This was 22 years ago. Right. And and so people see it like, Oh, he got burned. That must be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Maybe it was for a few months, but it's not anymore.
1: I can see your secret sauce. I can hear and see your secret sauce. Jason is that you live with your honesty inventory
2: every single day. I try, at least i that, that's my, that is my goal. And I've never heard it put like uh, that clearly why you have the title doctor and spend a lot more time <laughs> in school than I did. <laughs> Cause you know how to say things. Thank you. But yeah, that's something I really do strive for. And I think the days, the, the recipe for life, people say there's no secret to life. Actually, I think there is, and you touched on one of it, mm-hmm. live, live every day with your personal honesty, not somebody else's.
1: Right, exactly. Yours.
2: And then just very simply, I have a another one of my, so in my workshop for, re, for resilience, over the years, I came up with seven steps that worked okay. for me, and they actually go in order. But- As a subset to that, in one of the steps I talk about, you have to have a stated intention Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. And for whoever you are, you can find like, all right, I have to accomplish this today. I have to do this in this meeting. I have this paper due if you're a college student. I have to get my kid to soccer practice on time. Sometimes it's very specific i have really tried to get in the habit of every day when i wake up my stated intention is always going to be the same Mm -hmm. i'm going to leave today better than i found it Mm. that's all there is to it and again even if i fail in some areas i have plenty of opportunities to make it up in other areas and at the end of the day when i'm alone with my thoughts my head's on the pillow. I don't care who you're sleeping next to. Mm-hmm. You are alone. Mm-hmm. And you already said it. Yeah. The yeah. most dangerous place that we're ever going to be ever
1: mm-hmm. is
2: inside of our own minds. Right. And we're just stuck there all the time. So at the end of the day, when I lay my head on the pillow and I say, you know what? You did leave today. Better you found it then I can never fail. And it inspires me to wake up the next day. And let's just say the same thing.
0: I love it. Yeah, I love it. And I feel like that is the common thread of the purpose-driven life. So you were, you had a purpose pre-accident in your recovery, you found purpose each day because I can't imagine that physical therapy, the emotional, the cognitive stuff that you had to do. You had to find today's purpose and it might not have been, today I'm gonna hop out of this hospital bed, but maybe it was (laughs) incremental. Today I'm working on the use of my right thumb something that is small, manageable, that you can articulate that goal and you make it reasonable because there's nothing worse than right. setting a goal that you have already in your mind, you failed it. Right. Because whether you think you can or you can't, you're, you're gonna right. prove yourself right. Yeah.
2: It, yes, you are always gonna be right and you-
0: th- I love it, yeah, I love it. And I feel like that is the common thread of the purpose-driven life. So you were, you had a purpose pre-accident in your recovery, you found purpose each day because right. I can't imagine that physical therapy, the emotional, the cognitive stuff that you had to do. You had to find today's purpose and it might not have been, today I'm gonna hop out of this hospital bed, but maybe it was <laughs> an incremental, today I'm working on the use of my right thumb. Something that is small, manageable, that you can articulate that goal and you make it reasonable because there's nothing worse than right. setting a goal that you have already in your mind, you failed it. Because whether you think you can or you can't, you're, you're gonna right. prove yourself right. Yeah.
2: Yes, you are always going to be right. And you. thank you for bringing this back to something I try to key in, in on is be patient in your grief, patient in your struggle. And people will right away just I can't do that. How do you do that? And so you, you all might have seen this. And if you haven't, if your listeners haven't, I encourage you to look this up. It's very simple to do a search. There's a picture of two ladders. That you can find on the internet okay and one is a very normal ladder goes all the way to the sky and then there's the ladder next to it that has rungs way far apart and that is our human nature that's our instinct i'm gonna i want leaps and bounds and i want to accomplish everything the problem with that ladder is if you make those leaps and bounds at some point one of those rungs is going to give way mm-hmm. because that's just part of life. You're going to have your failures and your setbacks. When one of those rungs gives way, you have a long way to fall. Mm-hmm. And the momentum from that fall is going to break the next rung and the next rung. And all of a sudden you're back at ground zero, starting over and now your ladder's broken. If you stick to the normal ladder, which is, the obviously they're little steps i call them collecting small victories that way each time you take a step up no matter when one of those rungs gets weak and gives way you only fall back down that little bit because the momentum wasn't enough to break any more of them and then you start your climb back up so being patient in your grief and patient in your struggle Is about collecting those small wins. And when you said, Yeah, today I'm working on my thumb, that, and if I can make progress, doesn't, I don't have to be, go out and be a perfect hitchhiker. My thumb is (laughs) jacked up. So, but if it was better than it was two hours ago, then the pain was worth it. Then the time was worth it. And that was a small victory. And as you collect those, then the days, the months, the years, they start clicking by mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you get to some goal or good place and you did it because you collected small victories and you feel the patience. Yep. That's how you do it. You don't just say, I'm going to be patient. That's, <laughs> we're not designed that way. I'm not, I'm telling you, not I'm not telling you what to do because I did it. Mm-hmm. I am not a patient man,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but you collect those small victories and that's how patient just defines itself for you.
0: Right. That's great. Yeah, I love that. And it's one of those old adages of, you know, if you're a person of faith, that God doesn't just give you patience. He gives you opportunity to build patience. You don't just get courage. You have opportunities to be courageous in the face of fear. And so I think you just completely exemplify how you build up these virtues that people strive to attain. And right. it's through these incremental, measurable, reasonable things that you set for yourself. And I don't know if you've witnessed this in the presentations that you give, but for the fire chiefs example, you've got a bunch of cool hand Luke's right in the audience. Boy. Nothing's <laughs> gonna shake these men and women. And then you got and when you started speaking, you could hear a pin drop. Everybody is just captivated. They, they probably don't know how to receive you. I knew I initially, I said, I am in awe of this man, his story, and the fact that he's standing before me today, and you're able to also make light of the things that you're saying, okay, hey, guys, I'm here. This is what's going on. I think that when you got to the part of the pictures that you were sharing and you said, this could be graphic, if you need to excuse yourself, please do. There was not more fidgeting with badges Mm. than I, I was amazed at how people were trying to self-soothe in those Mm -hmm. moments. People that they feel as if they're supposed to just That shouldn't touch them. Mm -hmm. And so then going back to everybody is human, regardless of what you do for a living, it is acceptable to experience emotions. And when we can Mm -hmm. forgive ourselves and take a look in the mirror, we're looking at those small rungs where we're not falling far, but we can say, I forgive you for acting this way, feeling this way. What can we do to correct tomorrow?
2: Yeah, I love that. And, you know, speaking to the, like the Florida fire chiefs is a great example. Again, being human and I don't want to disrespect other groups, but I do about 75 speeches a year Mm -hmm. all over the country, even internationally. But there are some groups that I get. If you would have seen me 30 minutes before I took that stage, it's not nerves. It's not anxiety. I have, I'm so amped up and so excited because yeah, I'm going to be in a room with a, with either a bunch of young go-getters who are just, starting this journey like i remember when i did or i'm going to be with just these old salty big barrel chested handlebar mustache (laughs) nothing bothers me and i get up there and in my mind i'm going oh
1: buckle up hold my beer
2: here here it's coming and i don't want to take people out of their comfort zone to cause them pain or injury and when it comes to first responders I do have to have a little more respect, in the sense that I don't know, I don't know their story. I don't know what they've seen or been through, mm-hmm. and that group, in particular, are the only ones who are going to see some of those really graphic pictures that you saw. I don't show those to. I'm not going to go to a real estate conference and shock people's systems that if they're not used to it. But yeah, I like. I liked it. All of a sudden people might've been rubbing their badge or they had to put their head down and it's not about, Oh, this is Jason's picture. It's they're going through the photo albums in their mind. And if you take the ability, God gave us to make your own choices and to choose your perspective on a situation it can be very empowering. And, but I'm not going to lie. I do like to see that I was in the military again, right? When you go in the military, what does the lead instructor do? They break you down right? so it can build you back up. And it's fun for me. I've gotten, I'm such a huge chain of command guy. Cause I was yeah. in the military. I was a cop. So even today, now I'm in my fifties. So I finally got to the part where I'm like, all right, I don't, I'm still going to call him chief. I'm still going to call him, sir. I'm still going to have the respect. But you know what, I'm older than some of you now, so I don't have to be intimidated or scared anymore. And I I find a lot more freedom Mm -hmm. in talking to groups like that, which which helps a lot to be on a like an even plane with them. And I thought it went that was one of my favorite speeches of the year that one in Florida. It was really good.
0: Yeah, it was incredible. And something that we talk on the show all the time about is that trauma is more than just a word to qualify a negative experience. It has a real and measurable physiological impact. And because trauma is unique to each of us, it's subjective. What's traumatic to you might not be to me. Conversely, to you, not to me, whatever the case when you were talking about your story and what you could learn from, you were not up there to compare trauma. And you made that clear. Don't mm-hmm. sit here and try to say, it's not that bad luck. That's right. not at all what happened. And that's why I was so excited when you agreed to be on the Wired BioHealth podcast is because you have messages that everybody can learn right. from. We're not having to compare one another to get the results and to learn from what you're sharing. Absolutely.
2: I- I love that so much. And here's an example that I'm going to use. And I am sure the doctor will agree with me on this. I do this in my actual workshop. I will tell people get out your old fashioned pen and paper, pull out your phones. I don't care. I'm going to give you 60 seconds. I'm going to put on a little music and I want you to make a list fast and furious as they come to your mind, make a list of everybody that you love care about and support mm-hmm. and I start the timer and I do 60 seconds and at the end of the 60 seconds I count down five four three two one okay put your pens down and I don't care if there's 20 people because there's 120 people in the audience I my first question is who in here wrote down your own name
1: mm-hmm. never yeah.
2: once has a hand gone up wow. never wow. once we don't Love ourselves. And that is to your point. I try to really be, and and I had to learn this the hard way. So many times people will come up to me and their first statement is, Oh, Jason, you made my problems or my adversity look small. And right away, all I can think of is either I suck at uh, being a public speaker (laughs) or you didn't pay attention. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, there's course. no other options here you if you get into the habit of comparing your adversity to somebody else forget it you like, seriously yeah. forget it. it adversity adversity is adversity and it's different every single day right uh you you get a flat tire on your way to work and you've got an important meeting are you going to stand on the side of the road leaning against your car and be like at least I didn't catch on fire. At least I don't don't look like Jason. Listen, my burnt face is not gonna blow up your tire. Get your tire fixed. Your next adversity could be it. It's not about good, bad. We always put these adjectives, right, Doc? Yeah. Sure. Like Absolutely. These, uh, yeah. But there's these words that we could use and we can emphasize. Today was amazing. Today was right. spectacular. Today sucked. Today was hor you know what? No, It wasn't, it was just a day, it
1: was a day, and
2: it was just a day. Yeah. And be thankful you've only got about I, I don't know if you're lucky, you have 20 or 30,000 of them, and they're going by quick. Today was just a day. Mm-hmm. Don't prepare, whatever you are going through right now, for those of you listening to this podcast. And I appreciate any respect you may have, I appreciate what you may think. About my appearance. And if you want to be a good person and have compassion and things like this, but do not compare what you're going through to this, because you're not me, you're not living this life. And I'm not living yours. Take care of yourself. Love yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Get through it. Because the good news is... (laughs) There's a lot more coming. You (laughs) might as well get to this part so that you can be ready for the next one.
0: Yeah. Truth. I love that. And I feel like this was such an invaluable conversation. Oh my goodness.
1: Jason, when you meet someone that has character, you know that there's a story behind it because resiliency had to be built. As you said, it's not something we're born with. It had to be built. And when I lay my head down on my pillow tonight, I'm going to, say it was a win because we had this conversation
0: yeah i know i'm touched by it and i I couldn't be more thankful that i had the opportunity to attend that conference i'm not a firefighter i'm certainly not a chief but the fact that i was there to be able to meet you i think this is a conversation that is going to create a lot more conversation so i'm sure we're going to have you on again jason and thank you so much for your time your story and your wisdom whether you be
1: one one day old or 120 years old jason all of this information is necessary for a beautiful life. Everything that you talked yes. about, yeah.
2: Yes, it is, and it is a beautiful life. There's yep. not, there's nothing to compare life to. There's no, yep. there you cannot compare. It to so just choose to be grateful and let your human spirit fly.
1: That gratitude is it. That's the game changer of life. I say that all the time. That's the wind
2: beneath your wings right there.
1: We've been given a gift and that gift is life. It's not all the stuff. It's not everything else. It's that every day that you get to be a part of this madness, that's the gift. And you figure that out and you continue to to realign to figure it out. This is good stuff, Jason.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you, what Jason.
1: Is, what a wonderful yeah, story. And yeah. to our listeners, to check
0: out his book, Burning Shield, I think that there is so much wisdom to be gained out of that. And if you're a first responder, if you're a firefighter, and you've heard some messages, be it about resilience, you want to tap into those ways. Follow Jason on social media contact us. We're here to work on those biological pieces of trauma and stress response. If you need counseling, yeah. we also have counselors who are informed about the stress response and the physiological piece of that. Right. So I encourage you to call the office. It's one eight 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 four one seven zero nine nine. Thank you, Doc. And thank you, Jason. Jason, thank you.
2: Thank you all very much.
0: Have a great day, listeners. Bye. Bye.